While all four Gospels record what happens in the upper room between Jesus and his disciples, John's version is unique, both in the extended content he gives us of Jesus' teaching and the specific act he tells us that Jesus initiates before he celebrates the Passover meal with his disciples. John begins his description of what happens with these beautiful telling words in chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. Seemingly, while the disciples are lost in conversation, Jesus rises from his seat, moves towards the basin in the pitcher by the entrance to the room. He then wraps a towel around his waist, pours the water into the basin, and then kneels down and humbly washes one by one each of his disciples' feet. Contrary to how it's often viewed today, this was an uncomfortable moment for the disciples, but not because of the foot washing. They were used to the practice. Foot washing was a part of their culture. I mean, when the primary mode of transportation to get oneself from here to there is walking, and when most footwear was not a closed shoe, foot washing was a regular practice, just like washing our hands is a daily practice for us. No, the disciples were uncomfortable because of who was washing their feet their leader, their rabbi, their teacher, their master. Peter, as always, vocalizes what everyone else is probably thinking. This is not right. This is not the way things work in the world. But Jesus responds by telling Peter, this may not be how the world works, but this is how he works. Then, after a brief further exchange with Peter, who still doesn't get it, Jesus quietly resumes the task at hand. Jesus finishes performing this wordless, silent action despite the resistance and confusion of his disciples. But then he sits down and explains to them what he has done. Let us listen carefully to what he says. Jesus said, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do, as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. It's in pointing back here later on in chapter 13, through this living parable of the washing of the feet of his disciples, that Jesus later gives us a new commandment. A new command I give you, Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Like Peter and the rest of the disciples, we're well-versed in how the world works. Whether we realize it or we don't, we have all internalized the pyramid of power that defines every human culture in this broken world in which we live. I mean, think about it. There are those who have and those who have not. There are those who have the authority and the power and they dictate to those who don't. There are masters and there are servants. Now, while only some of us may actively promote this power structure, all of us unconsciously support and benefit from this way of living in the world. We don't realize, whether by ignorance or by choice, 
the degree to which the structures of society in which we are a part have been organized to benefit some and penalize others. We are not fully aware of our privilege, of the countless ways in which we and others profit by reason of our race or class or educational opportunities or even our social status. We have not been willing, willing to see, and some of us are not willing to believe how we have allowed others to do the really difficult, strenuous work, often enduring long hours without adequate compensation that we ourselves are not willing to do. I mean, think about those right now who are currently serving in healthcare or other essential services during COVID-19, delivery persons, truck drivers, postal and sanitation workers, all of them laboring on our behalf without adequate access to resources to keep them safe and protected. My friends, the world we live in apart from God is one that is built on the backs of others. It is a life that often gets better for us only by becoming worse for someone else. And whether we like that or we hate it, whether we justify it or we're ashamed of it, let's face it, we all just accept it that that's just the way it is. But here, as the King of Kings gets down on his knees, Jesus teaches us and calls us to a new way, a different truth, a better life. As our master becomes our servant, Christ flattens the curve and declares there are no second class, no third class citizens in the kingdom of God. When the first are last and the last are first, when the greatest become the servants of all, then every person is valued, every person is honored, every person is loved. In setting this example before us, Jesus replaces the pyramid of power that marks a broken creation with the image of his body. And in the body, as the Apostle Paul reminds us, every member is precious, and each part, whatever its abilities or limitations, contributes to the whole and therefore is sacred. My friends, as the body of Christ, his body, Jesus calls us to go and do likewise to each other. And that means we have to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. And to walk in the footsteps of Jesus is to catch his vision and to follow his example here. So you might ask, does that mean we should just be washing each other's feet? And as you probably know, that has been the practice on Monday, Thursday. And certainly that is something we can do as a humble act of service. But I'd like us to also keep something else in mind. Jesus here insists on washing his disciples' feet, not because he's instituting a new ritual in which we must all take part. No, the whole point of foot washing was that it served a practical purpose in the days of dusty roads and sandals. I mean, we don't really walk on dusty roads and we live at a time when the washing of a traveler's feet is no longer a daily hospitable act. What Jesus demonstrates here is to be mirrored by us through an act, any act of humble and loving service to another person. So the question really is what today is a practical need that would serve in the place of foot washing? What do you think? Allow me to offer a simple, practical need which I often overlook, and it's this, listening. One of the most basic human needs, right, is to be heard, to be acknowledged, to be valued, to know that someone cares enough just to be present with us. I mean, today we don't worry about dirty feet too much. 
But in a world that's wedded to cell phones and laptops and social media and all manner of other distractions, our lives still get messy. And sometimes the only way to wash off all the dirt in our lives is to be able to vent, to talk to a friend who truly listens as we try to make sense of it all. So that's the practice I want to encourage all of us to do today, instead of foot washing. I want us to do this as a way of remembering and honoring what Jesus did here for the disciples. I want you to pray about who God wants you to reach out to. And after some time in prayer, when God gives you a name, it may be someone under your very roof, it could be a spouse if you're married, or your kids if you have children, it could be a, someone on the other end of a phone, a family member or a friend you haven't talked to in forever, could be a member of this community, whoever it is, reach out to that person. But instead of just making a quick contact with him or her and rushing off to the next thing, offer to listen. Call up and say, I'm listening. Offer to really listen to anything they need to say. My friends, the spirit in which Jesus washed the feet of his disciples was one of humility. And in that same spirit, our practical substitution for foot washing today is listening or any action that spurs humility in us and blesses the receiver. It is to kneel before one another and render loving service. It is to gaze into the eyes of another person and reflect back to them their dignity and worth. It is to reach out with our hands and our hearts and to make real and tangible the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. It is washing our hands not merely to keep the virus of COVID-19 from our faces, but to protect our neighbor from becoming infected. It is physically distancing ourselves from each other, not so much for our own safety, but more for the safety of those who are most vulnerable. It is what we are witnessing right now in our world as so many doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, grocery clerks, transport workers, and countless others are doing that offering their bodies, their minds, and their hearts in loving service to others. Beloved, let us look in the mirror. Let us look in the mirror of Christ's gaze upon us tonight. And when you look, you will see another member, just one of the, mem of the body of Christ, one member who can serve the world to show how much Jesus loves every single person in it, one member who has a pair of God's hands and another pair of God's feet. One member who, even though you may find yourself physically alone right now or sheltered in place with others, one member, you, who are joined together with me and others in union as countless believers who make up the one body of Christ. Amen. We're gonna pray now, but we're gonna pray in a very unique way. We're gonna pray through a video. I want you not just to watch this brief video. Don't be distracted. I want you to pray through it. Take it slow. Pause it if you need to. I want you to let the Holy Spirit and not the pace of this video lead you through this time. Afterwards, we'll come back to the table together. So take your time and pray. I'll be here when you get back. Praise be the nurses and doctors, every medical staff bent over flesh to offer care, for lives saved and lives lost, for showing up either way. 
praise for the farmers tilling soil, planting seeds so food can grow, an act of hope if ever there was. Praise be the janitors and garbage collectors, the grocery store clerks and the truck drivers barreling through long, quiet nights. Give thanks for bus drivers, delivery persons, postal workers, and all those keeping an eye on water, gas, and electricity. Blessings on our leaders making hard choices for the common good, offering words of assurance. Celebrate the scientists working a way to understand the thing that plagues us to find an antidote and all the medicine makers. Praise be the journalists keeping us informed. Praise be the teachers finding new ways to educate children from afar and blessings on parents holding it together for them. Blessed are the elderly and those with weakened immune systems, all those who worry for their health, praise for those who stay at home to protect them. Blessed are the domestic violence victims on lockdown with abusers, the homeless and refugees. Praise for the artists and poets, the singers and storytellers, all those who nourish with words and sound and color. Blessed are the ministers and therapists of every kind, bringing words of comfort. Blessed are the ones whose jobs are lost, who have no savings, who feel fear of the unknown gnawing. Blessed are those in grief, especially who mourn alone. Blessed are those who have passed into the great night. Praise for police and firefighters, paramedics, and all who work to keep us safe. Praise for all the workers and caregivers of every kind. Praise for the sound of notifications, messages from friends reaching across the distance. Give thanks for laughter and kindness. Praise be our four-footed companions with no forethought or anxiety, responding only in love. Praise for the seas and rivers, forests and stones who teach us to endure. Give thanks for your ancestors, for the wars and plagues they endured and survived. Their resilience is in your bones and your blood. Blessed is the water that flows over our hands and the soap that helps keep them clean, each time a baptism. Praise every moment of stillness and silence so new voices can be heard. Praise the chance at slowness. Praise be the birds who continue to sing the sky awake each day. Praise for the primrose poking yellow petals from dark earth. Blessed is the air clearing overhead so one day we can breathe deeply again. And when this has passed... May we say that love spread more quickly than any virus ever could. May we say this was not just an ending, but also a place to begin.